Hey there, boss. This is Jeff Mendelson, host of the One Big Tip podcast. And I am so excited to announce my new Agents of Pod coaching program, where I teach you how to fast track your lead gen by having more conversations with your targeted clients, even if you have no list, audience, or paid ads. Head on over to agentsofpod.com slash hero, and let me show you how to be the superhero in your own business. I am also actively seeking guests for this podcast. If you know someone who is currently six figures or more in their business and they have an actionable, tangible, and measurable tip to share, please let them know about it. Just go to onebigtip.com slash guest for information on how to be a guest. I can't wait to hear from you. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. My name is Jeff Mendelson, and this is the One Big Tip Podcast. My guest today is Per Schofers, better known as the Price Whisperer. He's the CEO of Schofers and Partners, an agency that works with globally recognized brands on ways to gain pricing power through comprehensive analysis and pricing strategy methods. Per developed an interest in understanding how pricing details fit into a company's growth and margins. He discovered that pricing is not a separate activity and services such as sales channels, marketing, and customer targeting are all interconnected. And if this is not understood correctly, sales and profits will be drained from the marketing automation. So I was talking with uh, Per before the show. I love talking about pricing. I think it's a topic that too many people skim over and they do not give it the proper attention that it deserves. So I'm really excited to have you on the show today. Per, thank you so much for joining me and welcome to the show. Well, Jeff, thank you very much for having me. I'm excited about this too. So this is going to be a lot of fun. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what makes you so amazing. How did you get into being the price whisperer? Well, first of all, let me tell you that uh, I didn't invent that myself. I was called the price whisperer so many times that I decided to adopt it. And part of this, obviously, is I got a weird name, so... um, People can't really find me unless they do maybe a Google search for the price whisper, which do find me very easily. But the story here is that I'm natively Swedish and I ran a couple of companies in Europe, uh, one in Zurich, Switzerland and, and one out of London. And then I came here to the US in the mid 90s and I uh, established a division of a fairly large public company and ran that for a while. And after that, I've had another four CEO positions. In all of these instances, we did experiments with pricing. And some of those experiments were very successful, meaning that uh, next quarter revenues are up 25%. Uh, Some were real duds. And what I had learned in business school and in uh, could read about pricing was so academic that it was completely useless. It didn't help us understand why some of those experiments worked. And so 15 years ago, when I decided I was too old and too opinionated to be a hired gun, I set up my own shop and uh, decided to develop a process that would make pricing, every pricing experiment a success. And that process in short consists of measuring willingness to pay in the marketplace, which you do online, and then segment that willingness to pay along lines of of different different, uh, customer segments, uh, different marketing channels, different marketing messages, different sales channels, sales methodologies, and so forth. And that creates a holistic view on, on how to price correct, how to price right, that always drives higher, um, higher revenues and higher, uh, higher sales volume and higher profits. 
You know what was really interesting for me, especially when I was getting my MBA, mm-hmm. is that we talked a little bit about pricing, especially in uh, supply chain and mm-hmm. other value-based businesses that you know that were being discussed. One of the more basic examples was, for example, the yeah. price of your popcorn when you go to the movies. Like, why is it so damn expensive, you know, to get your popcorn? And there actually have been a massive amount of studies done on this on what exactly is the mm-hmm. optimum price for what people are willing to pay. and how much you can upcharge them based on just giving them a little bit more volume, things like that. But then I put on my digital marketing hat and our business is really focused on creating a ridiculous amount of value and then selling your product or your service so that you are delivering on that value, right? What you get in the end are a bunch of value stacks saying like, I'm going to give you this lead magnet and it's worth a thousand dollars. This uh, other thing, it's worth 5,000 and my time is worth 50,000 and you're getting it all today for the low price of $99. Right. And what happens is, you know, you're being sold to, you know, that you're what, you know, that you, the consumer needs to make an evaluate, you know, needs to make a decision. Is it worth it for me Mm -hmm. to whip out my credit card and make this purchase? Because is the value that I'm going to pay less than the value that I'm going to receive mm-hmm. in return? And that is extremely tricky, right? Yeah. Well, uh, th- th- this is the process that I developed that answers all those questions, you know. And you, you, you mentioned that pricing is an art, but it's really not. It's about process and science. And the uh, needs to be based on, like I said, willingness to pay and specifically what, uh, what you're willing to pay for. But then it's also important to know that, I mean, it's interesting you mentioned the popcorn <laughs> because obviously it's something we, we all know that the, the ingredients, the costs are dirt cheap, right? Yet you can, you can charge uh, an arm and a leg for it in, in the theater. And that's because A, you have a captive audience. B, there, it's, it's something that goes with movies. And, and there's a whole slew of different reasons, you know. And, the, and, and, and this is what so many companies forget, that it's the same in whatever their business is. Well, not in the, in the movie theater popcorn business. They may be in some other business. And, but the same applies, right? It applies to focus on, on, the, on the customer category that you know will have a higher willingness to pay, right? What's, what's, the, what's the point doing marketing to 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 folks who uh, i mean again going back to to the popcorn what's the point in doing marketing to to folks who um who doesn't like popcorn right <laughs> and i'm sure there's those out there i'm not one of them but i'm sure they're out there out there you know let's focus in on you know something a little bit more tangible the traditional or at least you know when most people try to simplify pricing model they're just yeah. like well my cost of goods is this I want to sell it for X markup and that markup needs to cover my, my hard costs, my overhead, and I want to make, you know, X Mm -hmm. percentage of profit, right? What are the, uh, some of the other considerations that go in that, you know, sort of just blow up that simplistic formula, but will also help you arrive at what the true value is or what the true price is for what you should be offering your product. Yeah, I mean, first of all, cost is important because obviously you need to price above your cost. Or rather, if you decide not to price above your cost, it's going to be for a particular reason. And 
But the problem is that the costs have nothing to do with the value that, that you deliver, whether that is a service or a, uh, a product, it doesn't matter. It adds some kind of level of value. And it is willingness to pay measure. It means that you can measure how much people are willing to pay for the value you deliver. And then when you price accordingly, your, your, your sales volume will increase, your revenues will increase, your shareholder value and profitability will increase all at the same time, right? And, and understanding that willingness to pay is, is really crucial. But then there are other things. It's, it's, uh, for example, you can, you can influence how much uh, folks are willing to pay for, for your product or service, just how you present the price, right? And just to give um, the audience here a little tip, um, the way we work as humans is that we cannot not <laughs> compare numbers, right? And if you think about how, how many websites uh, set up prices, they, they, they often companies have good, better, best, right? They start with a low price, and then as you read uh, left to right, prices goes up. Now, that is wrong, okay? Because what you want to do is you want to start with a high price. And this is something called price anchoring. Because as, again, as you read left to right and from top to, to bottom, what's going to be the first number they see, the first price they see should be a high number because that makes what they see after that appear more affordable. So that will lead to higher sales volume, right? As opposed to you do it the traditional way where you have a, a, an anchor, anchor which is lower than the, the rest of the prices, right? That leads to a, a lower willingness to pay and a, a lower sales volume, right? So does that work when you're, uh, when you're creating a value stack where you're telling people like, where you're listing off everything that you're going to get and you put a big number next to it, but then at the, but then below it, you're saying like, oh, now you're going to get all of this that has this $20,000 value for a thousand dollars, right? Is that, is that basically what you're talking about? Or is there a little bit more crafting that goes involved? No, I'm, I'm, I'm talking. No, I'm talking about, let's say you're, you're selling your digital service and, and you have a, you have a, Small package for for uh, four thousand bucks a month. You have a mid package at uh, six thousand, and you have a giant packet at ten thousand. You know, you want to start with the ten thousand, so they they see the ten thousand first, and then they see the 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 uh, the, the, the six thousand, and then they see the uh, the four thousand. Uh, that's going to increase sales both the four and the six thousand. And then what you really want to do is that you want to have a mega large package for 30,000, you know, and you want to, you know, prepay for five years or whatever it may be, you know, and nobody's going to buy it, but it just sits there um, to be an anchor point. And I'll tell you this, one of the, the most successful anchor points I've seen was a few years back when Apple introduced the, the watch, right? The normal Apple Watch at that time uh, was 349 bucks, but they had exactly the same electronics in, in, a, in a case that was in gold, and it was 17,000. And all the, all the journalists uh, who wrote about this, they said, and Apple have the audacity to sell the same electronics for $17,000. But it wasn't there to be sold. It was just there to be an anchor point, right? Yeah, I, mean, I know. 
Amazing. Because you know what happened was, A, they did sell a few of them, right? Maybe, uh, maybe not a lot, but, right. you know, some people needed that status symbol to put on their wrist. But at the same time, you know, you're right that, uh, you know, when you think that I can get this limited edition one for uh, for 17000 but us commoners can buy it for three forty nine. you're right. It does create right. this, okay, well, I'm still getting a status symbol. It still has the Apple logo on yeah. it. I'm just not getting the one that's gold plated. Right. And uh, you're right. It's a, it's a, it's a genius stroke because what happens is you really create this air of exclusivity around your product. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Where do you see other companies going wrong with their pricing strategies? What you, you know, like I would imagine if you're driving down the freeway and you see a billboard that has a price up there, you know, and then it just makes you go, my God, what are these guys thinking yeah, well, there is something called price walls. And price walls are psychological price points where small price changes generate significant change in, in volume should you cross them. And those price walls is, um, they're typically on, on sort of call them even numbers, you know, 10, 25, 50, 100, 500, and so forth, you know. And, and when you do cost plus pricing, which is one of the top three pricing mistakes, you may you may end up having the price of this table at a thousand dollars, three, a thousand three dollars, you know? And it could be that if you rather sell it at 9.95, you double your sales volume, right? But because it just, you just slam on your, 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 your rule of thumb margin, and that rule of thumb margin is different in different industries, you just end up with that price, you know? One of the things I found, or, yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I wanted to ask, one of the things I found, especially when traveling to Europe, is that they, like like here in the US, you do see a lot of, you know, $3.99, $4.99, you know, even gas prices yeah. have a little nine, you know, nine tenths after them. You yeah. don't see that so much in Europe. Mm -hmm. And I was just curious, what, oh, why is that? I mean, you have a currency that is almost, you know, it's almost on, on parity. Like, what, uh, why do you yeah. think it uh, th those tricks work here and they don't work in other places? No, they they they, they work. And in in um, in general terms, Europeans are actually better on pricing than than we are here in the U.S. And and that is because you have much smaller home markets. Eh? Uh, so so and and slower slower growth in general. So. Uh, folks have to be uh, more cautious or more not cautious. They have to spend more time making sure that they they turn over all all stones possible to to keep prices, and and there's a there's a price sends a message of quality, and if you're too cheap, people won't buy it. And in fact, it's been proven that your fear of making a wrong decision because of low price is 2.25% stronger than your expected benefit of the same purchase, right? So if you price yourself too low, people won't buy it. And we've all been there. We hold something in our hand and we say, I kind of want to buy it, but it's so cheap, I won't, right? And that also means that the 99, and by the way, 97 is more effective than 99. 98 and 96 should not be used. But, but it, it denigrates the value. You should only do 95, 97, 99 if what you're selling is a commodity. If, in fact, you want to 
increase the perception of value in a product. It should not end on an eye. You know, um, Europeans are better understanding that to to use price as a way of messaging value, increased value. Interesting. Can you please walk us through a scenario where you helped a company that did not have a good pricing strategy? And then after you came in, you were able to affect a big change in their bottom line. And what kind of, and what kind of changes did you make in order to make that happen? Well, if you really want to uh, do this properly, you want to make sure that you have pricing as a centerpiece in your business strategy. And what I mean by that is that within the organization, everybody, any company's profit comes from only three variables. The total cost, the total sales volume, and the price of whatever you sell. And of these three, price has the highest leverage. It, it, it impacts uh, profits the most. And if the, the organization, and certainly from a managerial and executive point of view, if all knows how even small price changes change the profitability in the company, everything's going to change. And you're going to take your company to the next level. And I just have a book out called The Price Whisper with a subtitle, uh, A Holistic View on Pricing Power. And a quote from a prior customer that, that I got in preparation for this book said that the teachings I, I did helped them to grow from about 100 million to way over a billion. Not overnight, of course, but uh, over about a five-year period, you know, by putting... Uh, just by making small and incremental changes towards the yeah. pricing? Independent of other factors of like cost of goods going up and down and marketing costs uh, fluctuating. By, by having the entire organization or at least the entire organization that, that, that can affect pricing and discounting, uh, aware of how the, the highest, le I mean, if you do a thought experiment for the average company, a 1% increase in price equals 11.3% increase in profitability, Right. And the same goes of 1% less discounting have the same effect. Whereas a 1% increase in sales uh, increased profitability 3.5% and a 1% decrease in, in, uh, in cost increased profitability 5.5%. So pricing has the highest leverage. And if the entire organization are aware of these changes, many small decisions will be different. I mean, sales compensation may change. What salespeople are allowed to, to discount may change. Um, product management is going to say, okay, but why don't we add another 3% price here because we have this feature, right? Or because we have this bundle or package that is convenient, we can actually charge 25% more, right? <laughs> Bundles shouldn't necessarily be cheaper. And, and if you, I've actually done the, the, the calculations of you have these gift baskets for Christmas. I've, I've, said, I've looked at it and said, what is the, how much more do I pay? And I pay about a third more because it's convenience, right? Exactly. It's a bundle that's in convenience. Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that, Per. Can you please let everyone know how they can find you online and how they can reach out to you directly if they want to learn more? The best way of finding me is simply do a, a Google search for The Price Whisper. And, and I'm going to show up. Uh, uh, I, have a, I have a YouTube channel and I publish a lot. 
Uh, I'm part of the Forbes Business Council and also something called the C-Suite. And the uh, yeah, the best way of, of finding me is just Google um, Google the price whisper, and um, you're going to get lots of hits. Amazing, Per. Thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate you taking the time. It's been an intensely amazing discussion, and I really appreciate you taking the time. Well, thank you very much, Jeff, for having me on the show. Thank you so much for listening to the One Big Tip podcast. If you're a six to eight figure entrepreneur, business coach, or speaker who would like to be on this show, we need to talk. The audience for this podcast is hungry for experts and professionals who want to share their knowledge with this world. So if you're ready to share your actionable and measurable One Big Tip, please go to onebigtip.com slash guest and let's get your story out there. I am also crazy excited to announce my new Agents of Pod coaching program. With this program, I show busy entrepreneurs the strategies that I use to have warm conversations with my dream clients, keep my calendar book solid, and consistently have potential clients at the ready, all anxiously waiting to speak with me every single week. Head on over to agentsofpod.com slash hero and let me show you how to be the superhero in your business today. Lastly, I have a huge ask for you. Could you please share this with your audience on social media? The stories and connections that I make on this podcast have helped thousands of people, sometimes in the most profound ways. And you never know if your small action today will be the one that kickstarts your friend, a family member, or even yourself into taking massive action and starting the next multi-million dollar business. It'll be your way of just paying it forward. My name is Jeff Mendelson. You can find me on all the major social channels like LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. Thank you so much for listening.